I'm Alex Mosed, and welcome to Winner Take All, where we talk about the constant battle between large tech monopolies and traditional incumbents. There's a lot of food news today. Uh, we're going to jump right into that after I thank our TikTok followers. Yes, we just crossed 10,000 subscribers on TikTok. So thank you very much to all of our TikTokers. I guess that's what you call uh, yourselves. Um, despite the stereotype of TikTok, we actually get a lot of really insightful comments from our TikTok audience. It's actually uh, been been really cool to see and interact with all of you. So, uh, so you know, more to come on that. Now, some of the big news which broke today was that uh, Just Eat, Just Eat Takeaways, technically their full name, is buying Grubhub for $7.3 billion. This is an all-stock deal. No cash being exchanged here. Very interesting deal. If you remember a few weeks ago, there was rumors that Uber was going to acquire Grubhub. And I was pretty positive on that conceptually. Obviously, everything depends on the numbers. It is peculiar why Uber did not snatch this up and why Just Eat got it instead. Let's try and dig into uh, into why this happened here. What is Just Eat? Let's start there. Just Eat is kind of like the Grubhub of Europe. Um, these companies are roughly similar in size from a from a GMV and transaction volume standpoint, from a from a valuation standpoint, they're roughly similar in size. So you've kind of two peers, but on two separate continents. And so there really aren't any synergies with this deal. Maybe they would argue there are some, but they're going to be minuscule at best. You basically have two businesses operating independently, one in the US and one in Europe. And now they are the same company. And maybe, you know, Grubhub went this way just because they were offering a better deal. Um, maybe Grubhub had a grudge against Uber. Um, I think the price tag that Just Eat is paying for Grubhub is is more uh, than what Uber was willing to pay. And, and outside of the fact that Uber didn't buy Grubhub, um, here's why I think that. This was interesting. So... It's on LinkedIn. Oh, here's this guy, Niklas. Oh, this guy is the CEO of Delivery Hero. Delivery Hero is the dominant food platform, food delivery platform in Europe. They're bigger than Just Eat. So look at his message here. Just Eat is acquiring Grubhub. Combined 2 million orders per day. Exclamation mark, almost half of Delivery Hero. So some passive aggressive shade from Niklas here to the Just Eat and Grubhub team. Now they're doing double the throughput, double the GMV, double the order volume of the combined entity, right? He's not saying individually. Combined 2 million orders per day. So he's saying Delivery Hero is doing about 4 million orders per day. Grubhub plus Just Eat is still half. Of Delivery Hero. So if you do the math, right, Grubhub is effectively one fourth from a volume standpoint, the size of Delivery Hero, which if you were to just do, you know, bare numbers like that, that means they should be worth $4 billion, not $7.3 billion. Pretty big difference, especially considering there's no, again, synergy, right? Like Uber and Grubhub, you get synergy. What do I mean by 
synergy. So this says Uber Eats had 22%, 22-23% market share. Grubhub had 22-23% market share. DoorDash, 45%, right? So we had similarly heard in the United States that DoorDash was the number one player, roughly doubled the second player, which was kind of Uber and Grubhub tied. So then, you know, conceptually, it makes sense. Basically, the two companies tied at number two, number two and three, Uber and Grubhub combine. Now they are a viable um, combined competitor. They're roughly the same now parity as DoorDash, right? Makes sense. When you actually look at it even closer, they break it out by cities here. So Grubhub is the blue, DoorDash is orange, Uber Eats is red, and Postmates is the um, uh, non uh, inconsequential green except for in LA. So if you look at the markets where Grubhub is strongest, it actually is seemingly the markets where Uber Eats is also weakest. So that's what I'm talking about, synergies, right? Two combined entities, now you have the dominant player in a lot of these key markets, right? Like Atlanta, Uber Eats is 40%, Grubhub had 11, combined would be 51, DoorDash has 42. Now they become the biggest player where DoorDash was previously number one. Phoenix, 15% Grubhub, 25% Uber Eats, DoorDash 43%. Combined, they're at 40%. DoorDash is at 43%. Hmm, parity. Much more even level playing field to compete, right? In other markets, they would make it even more lopsided to be the clear winner against DoorDash, like say New York City with Grubhub at 53% market share, Uber Eats at 20%, right? 73% market share in New York City compared to DoorDash at 23%. That's going to make it much easier for you to now cram DoorDash down. And, you know, can you cram DoorDash down to 20% or 15% market share because you just have so much strength in that city? It also gets back to the point of economics. So if we look at Grubhub's economics, you rewind the clock to Q2 of last year. Grubhub was a profitable business. I mean, look at this. They're roughly break even here. $8 million on $325 million of revenue. You go to Q3 of last year, they're making $5 million in profit. Now they go negative. This is Q4 of 2019. Bam, losing $20 million. This is now Q1 of 2020, losing $33 million. So you can see their losses were increasing. They were a profitable company. But the DoorDash and Uber Eats of the world were stealing margin and, and market share away from Grubhub's model, which had been operating profitably. We've spoken about on past episodes why this is. In short, it's because Grubhub is a two-sided marketplace. Primarily, they don't do the delivery. They let the restaurant do the delivery, whereas Uber Eats and DoorDash it's actually a three-sided marketplace. They handle the delivery, which gets into a whole bunch of other dynamics around supply and 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 scale and these kinds of things. Long story short, um, those two companies, DoorDash and Uber Eats, are the aggressors. They've been stealing market share, stealing and forcing Grubhub to compete and to actually try to change their model, eviscerate their profitability. Now here we are, where they it's not sustainable. The industry needs to consolidate. DoorDash and Uber Eats are not profitable either by any means. They're actually losing way more money than $100 million a year if, if, you know, if that's what Grubhub is on pace to do here. So Grubhub was still burning the least amount of cash um, coming out of that kind of two-sided model versus the three-sided model. So again, 
Lots of lots of interesting dynamics here between the Uber and Grubhub that were very clear to me. The Just Eats Grubhub, much less clear. Now you still have three players. You know, this competitive chart, it actually stays the same. They're still all competitors. They still all own kind of split a third of the market overall. You know, the competitive breakdown, market share breakdown is the same. Now you just have them owned by and 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 basically a merged entity between Grubhub and Just Eats, kind of two equals, just you know, sharing the same stock now, basically. So it's very peculiar. The exit path, um, and and how you have some sort of consolidation and and who kind of is the number one and number two winners in food delivery in the United States, just got a hell of a lot more complicated. Um, maybe. You know, maybe the naysayers would say that now Uber could swallow up Just Eat (laughs) um, because Just Eat overpaid, which I think is a valid argument. Again, just going back to the delivery hero, $17 billion valuation, $7 billion for Grubhub, which is a fourth of the volume of delivery hero. I'm oversimplifying it, but you get the point. I, I think there's a fair argument to say that Grubhub was overvalued at $7.3 billion. If we look at Grubhub stock, the year ago in July of 19, when I was saying that they still weren't losing a bunch of money, they were roughly at that $7 billion valuation. That's a Grubhub that is still break even and slightly positive, slightly profitable, and not losing money. You can see how their stock price has declined as they've started to lose money as they've started to recognize that they need to change their business model to adequately compete against Uber Eats and DoorDash in the United States. So nothing here materially has changed in terms of how Grubhub is going to successfully compete against those two companies. So it's still kind of back to more of the same in terms of how is Matt Maloney, CEO of Grubhub, going to compete? And there's really no new information here. There's just less information about M&A activity and consolidation because the consolidation didn't happen. So interesting stuff. Um, We will see what happens with that. Instacart. Now, this is a very clear cut, really good scenario. We spoke about how Instacart platform for grocery delivery has over 50% market share. Thanks to coronavirus, they literally doubled their market share uh, in a matter of a couple months, which is astounding. They just raised $225 million at a $13.7 billion valuation. Um, congratulations to Instacart. Now, what we were also seeing in, in that graph is that Walmart food uh, delivery orders, food pickup orders declined by almost half. So Walmart has a linear digitized model to order and get groceries from Walmart stores. But because of the demand and because of the digital dynamics, they were not able to keep up with that in the throes and and the height of uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, what what did they call it? Uh, Just hoarding and buying everything in sight. Um, They couldn't keep up with it. Instacart could keep up with it better than others. Um, But that speaks to the platform model versus Walmart's uh, still linear model for grocery. Interestingly enough, Walmart has embraced marketplace for kind of uh, 
like more durable or, or, you know, fast moving goods, not grocery items. They've still done that in a linear model where they're buying it, stock holding it, and then reselling it through their stores. I wonder if this brings about a change of heart. I wonder if, if now Walmart would think about trying to create a viable Instacart competitor because Shipt has really done nothing to move the needle here, which Target bought. Pretty much the only other kind of platform player besides Instacart. Even Amazon is doing grocery delivery in a linear fashion through Whole Foods. So really interesting to see what this does. I think Instacart is going to use this money to not only continue just to double down on grocery, I think you're going to start to see Instacart move into other items that you would want delivered same day, but that maybe aren't groceries. And I think you're going to start to see them move into other product categories, which they hadn't been able to touch before because they were still so focused on grocery. I think this money helps them kind of move adjacently into um, other product categories. And we're kind of seeing that, right? In addition to groceries and everyday essentials, We've also extended the aisles of our offering over the last year to include delivery and pickup services for alcohol and prescriptions. So, and they they talk about, we partner with more than 400 national, regional, and local retailers and more than 30,000 stores across the US and Canada, right? So this to me is them signaling, hey, we're going to start to move into other categories where you really want same day stuff. Looks like alcohol and and drugs. (laughs) Are the are the two things that fit the bill besides groceries that you need right away, and you don't want to wait. Bad news for the, uh, you know, for the uh, uh, mini bar and um, uh, Drizzly. Those are kind of the two on demand alcohol delivery marketplaces that are out there, and um, or or maybe it's good news because now. Because Instacart's doing it, Amazon or Walmart will want to buy one of those companies. We'll see. Um, but, you know, look, you, this, is, this is a great win for Instacart. They've really done a phenomenal job and proved themselves to be, to be the top marketplace here, even with other par- marketplace competition, like from a shipped. Now, this is a not so good example. There's no congratulations going around here. Is this thing called Zin? The hot new video app is full of stolen content. Literally, on the last episode, we were just talking about how TikTok and Twitch are infringing upon music IP, and the record labels are coming after them to get to get their checks. This is a different kind of theft, right? That is, well, the platform knows it's going on, but but there's a big difference between the platform knowing that there's infringing content on the platform and then actually publishing the infringing content yourself. And you'd think to yourself, I mean, there are so many examples of platforms infringing on content or taking it from other content platforms to, to uh, juice their, you know, their supply to solve for supply. Let's take Facebook, for example. When Facebook was really trying to uh, compete aggressively. They were ripping the videos off of YouTube and then publishing them on Facebook. And when I say they, you say, oh, well, who is they? And it was users. And these users were getting paid money because they were getting ad revenue from from all the views on these videos. So the users were being incentivized by Facebook to rip content off of YouTube and then repost it onto Facebook. Facebook knew this was happening. 
Facebook actually set up an incentive system to fuel it to happen. Um, but technically, Facebook was not going to YouTube, downloading the video, and then reposting it on Facebook. Or at least they were never caught doing that. Maybe they did it, but they were doing it under some other username, right? It wasn't coming from Facebook. And so you got to think to yourself, well, okay, yeah, I mean, so this happens all the time. But how dumb do you have to be to get caught doing this? Well, Zinn has answered that question. Apparently, they're just flat stupid. So look at this. Zinn officially launched in the Apple App Store on May 7th, and it was first installed by Google Play users on May 5th. So the app came out in May. Now you go onto the app, and then there was a bunch of videos already in the app from other places, from TikTok, from other content platforms, from other creators on those content platforms. Right? Now you say, oh, well, maybe some users were doing the same thing that Facebook that happened on Facebook video, right? They went to YouTube, they took the video, they posted on Facebook video, they went to TikTok. Zinn is basically a copycat TikTok app, also from a Chinese owner. So Zinn is basically the same thing. You just take the TikTok video, you download it, and then you upload it on Zinn, and boom, now you can be an influencer with some other influencer's content that came from TikTok. That would make sense, right? But here's the thing. This article was saying that they looked at when these posts were uploaded and they were uploaded on February 19th. And they've got timestamps and date stamps and all these on all these videos. And then they talked to the creators and they said, I didn't, you know, the, the TikTok creators, TikTok creators said, I didn't upload this stuff to Zinn. What the hell is Zinn? And then, you know, you got to ask yourself, well, if the app didn't come out until May and it launched with all this infringing content that was posted by users on two or three months before the app officially launched in the app store. And then you say, I wonder how that information got into the app. Oh, maybe it was the platform creators that made accounts, ripped the content off of TikTok, and then made it seem like some users posted the stuff. But they're too dumb to think that their app puts a date on when the stuff is uploaded. And there's no other way to upload the content if the app isn't out <laughs> and in the app stores. So Google has already taken it off of the Google Play app store. And we'll see, I assume, Apple will shortly follow uh, on taking Zinn down from the Apple app store. But, man, you got to be dumb. Like, real dumb. Or maybe it's just not a factor because, again, this is spawned by a Chinese company. This is just the way of the world and how the world works with these Chinese content platforms, you know, they'll rip this content. There's really no IP rights in China. You know, the whole idea of like infringing on someone's terms of service for content theft is not a thing, or it's certainly not going to get you taken down from an app store like it is here, uh, at least in the United States. I don't know what's happening internationally, but, uh, but yeah, this one certainly takes the cake in terms of uh, dumb hacks or hacks gone wrong. So, that's it for us today on Winner Take All. Thanks for joining us. I'll talk to you next week.